hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, etc. All of the uh, intro whatever things. It's Jay Starks. Welcome, welcome back to uh, another episode of Flicks and Scripts. Um, this one, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. So excited, y'all. In case you can't hear in my voice. I have been waiting on this film um, for a long time. Um, but before we get into that, let me do my quick introduction just to give you a little breakdown in case this is the first time you're listening. <clears throat> this is Flicks and Scripts. I don't know why I said it was so much emphasis, but um, this is a podcast. Uh, my name is Jay Starks. I am a filmmaker. I act, direct, write, produce across the board. I also work in film um, doing crew work as an on-set dresser from time to time, set decorator. I've day played in numerous crew positions. I pretty much love anything about film. Cinephile, definitely, check mark, except whatever, you know. Um, and uh, this is my podcast, and uh, yeah, it's just basically me, and occasionally I might have a special guest come in, drop by, to um, talk movies. <clears throat> so the emphasis behind it, sorry, ooh, I don't know what, that was, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> the, the idea behind this is I've loved movies. I used to work in a movie theater for almost a decade. I was an usher and I worked my way up to a manager and the best thing about that job at Regal Cinemas was I got to watch free movies. Oh my, I've seen so many movies, it's crazy. And they were free. Also, a little tidbit, I, it was awesome because when I was working there, I was also able to build a 35 millimeter film. So that was awesome. Back now for all anybody's listening, all the, 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 the young people, us old heads, <laughs> we used to have to build film. So they would come in cans and on different reels and you actually have to tape them together, together, splice them. So cutting, it was so cool. I, it was, oh my gosh, I loved it that aspect of that job was amazing. Now everything's digital, so you just like zip zap, boom, or download it, whatever. Um, so yeah, I love movies. And that's what this podcast is about. And essentially, I will, this is every episode of this, this is the beginning. This is the the pre-production, let's call it that. So this is my pre-pro se segment. And basically, I just talk about the film we're going to watch, give you some details, share my excitement, and just kind of get you started on it, okay? And then after that, I go watch it. After this, excuse me, I watch it, and then I come back for a little post-production segment. And that's when I pretty much give a breakdown of my thoughts, my feelings, uh, acting, production design, sound design, the whole nine. And it's all subjective. It's all fun, you know? I don't know what kind of movies I'm going to be watching, but all of the films that I do watch, they're my first time watching them. And I think that's the cool part. So you're getting my gut reaction. So let's get ready. Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and gear is not gear. What is that word? You know, get, I don't know. Get ready to start up. They cloned Tyrone. Y'all. When I tell you I've been waiting on this film and I, I don't know, officially I had to look at the, um, the this this film was supposed to come out before it came out in July of 2023 and I believe it was supposed to come out before I'm not sure why 
Uh, it got pushed or whatever, but I'm excited about it. And let's give a little breakdown. So Q, that's the word, Q up. <laughs> they cloned Tyrone. So I don't know if you're watching this on a streaming service or you happen to have the DVD and haven't watched it. If this is your first time watching it with me, fantastic. Uh, go ahead, give it a watch. Come back, see we agree on it. Or you might be listening to this afterwards. I would probably listen to it after the film, though, because the post-production segment is probably going to have some spoilers. Just FYI. Um, so let's see. They cloned Tyrone is action comedy mystery that is, as of the recording of this, is on Netflix. Uh, directed by Jewel Taylor. Now, this is a, a person, Jewel Taylor, that I honestly don't know a lot about him like I am pretty sure he's a new-ish director and I don't mean that in a bad way whatsoever but I mean as far as and I'm looking at it so he's done at the time of this uh short he's done a couple of things but he's not you wouldn't say he's like a big time director so I'm really excited on here but more importantly when I went and looked at his IMDb Pro he does a lot of sound so that's interesting. He has more sound credits than anything else. So that's pretty cool. He like kind of went from sound editor, sound mixer and jumped over to directing. I cannot. So I'm hoping that this sound is going to be fantastic in this film. I'm just saying because he's a sound guy, you know. Um, so it's written by Tony Rettenmayer and Jewel Taylor. So, man, writer and director. He has a couple writing um, credits as well, too. Produced by Jamie Foxx, Charles D. King, Stephen Dr. Love, Tony, and then Tony. Again, let's see. Oh, and two more. Who's on here? Did John, da, 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 da. Okay. So, yeah, I was just trying to see. I know John Boyega started producing. So I was trying to see if he started, if he did that. So, Pierre Charles is the composer cinematographer is Ken Seng. S-E-N-G. Um, it looks like he was the DP for Deadpool. So that's awesome. Project X. So, yeah, he's been he's been around. He's been around the around the way, as they say, you know. But I, looking at his IMDb, it looks like probably one of the bigger things he did was Deadpool or should I say mainstream. He also did Love, Death and Robots, did some DP work for that and Terminator Dark Fate. So I guess if you're into Terminator, everything probably are familiar with his work. I love the stylized look of this film i watched the trailer it has jamie fox john boyega who is one of my favorite actors period and tiana paris jamie fox you know n no explanation john boyega you star wars etc and for those who don't know miss tiana paris is an amazing talent she was in dear white people in 2014 she was also in the What's it? What do they call it? The um, the MCU. That's what it's called. Doi. The MCU. She's in. She was Monica. Um, 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 Ram Rambo. Ram Rambo. Rambao. Whatever. Anyway, she was one of. And she, so she was in the first one, and she's going to be in the Marvels. So that'll be cool. So African American um actress who is killing it, killing it, killing it. So I cannot wait. Let's see. I'm looking at. Oh, I didn't even know this. I'm looking at the other cast. Kiefer Sutherland's in it. David Allen Greer. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm excited about. Oh, 
Ryan Denning. I'm sorry. I worked on a film called The Hill and Ryan Denning was in that particular. He's an actor. He was in that film and I just happened to see his name on there. Anyway. So hopefully you have the clone Tyrone queued up. We are going to just jump right into it. It's an hour and 22 minutes, guys. So thank you so much for um, listening to this pre-production segment. We're going to get into it. And uh, as usual, I'll be back. Thank you so much. And let's get ready to watch They Cloned Tyrone. I love the name. It just like blows. Love it. All right. Um, check back with me afterwards and we'll do our pro, our, sorry, our post-production breakdown. Thank you. guys so much for listening in on the first portion of the outlaws i greatly appreciate that you were here just want to give you a heads up as promised that next week tune in we're going to be reviewing infinity pool yes infinity pool by mr cronenberg mr david cronenberg to be exact who is the son of the original cronenberg so Next week, make sure you tune in. We're going to be reviewing Infinity Pool. Thank you guys for listening. And here is the post-production segment wrap-up. Thank you, guys. Welcome back um, to the post-production breakdown of They Cloned Tyrone. Um, sorry, I'm not trying to do all these pauses and stuff. I, but, um, <laughs> I l literally, like, the whole goal of, um, this post is... I finished watching the movie or what have you, and I immediately start recording like as soon as I can, you know, unless I happen to be in a movie theater, then I get home and then record. Um, Y'all, I don't know if you saw. Well, I'm assuming if you watched. No, I guess if you're listening to this, you may not have watched it. But if you watched it and listening to this. Man. um, I thoroughly enjoyed that film I um <laughs> the trust yeah um let's let's do more of the the breakdown and then I'll get into my feelings about it or what have you um first and foremost I just want to say I I, I love when 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 you watch a movie and it immediately puts you in its world, you know, without too much exposition, without, um, of course, you know, film is about show, don't tell. We all know that. Um, but the way, the way they set up this world, I absolutely loved, right? Um, I say that because 
like the movie starts off and you're already kind of transported just from the look of the film into this world without very little said being said you know they um definitely have a gritty um polish to it you know um feel i'm not sure if it's film grain um you know that they added to it but like i said i love being transported into a world and i think the production design on this was fantastic right um this movie like from from a production design standpoint or yeah was i don't know if you guys have seen it follows but it follows was literally one of my favorite films um for 2017 i believe that's um roughly yeah i think it's 2017 but man um from the beginning you know what's interesting about this film the color palette you know it had that those yellows those browns that were very old school you know what i mean so initially when it first starts off you know you see the they're outside the package store or whatever and you're kind of saying that like the movie like they talked about the entire movie within the first 30 seconds of this film you know where they had the guys out front the the package store and they were just talking about seeing a clone and you know that whole thing that kind of prevails with the tupac's not dead or whatever blah 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 which it what i like about this film is it says different things um and later on in the movie something that was said ends up coming to fruition like like laying breadcrumbs you know what i mean and i thought that was dope they they described the whole movie in the beginning so that was cool and then you get sucked into the world the world of tyrone and you meet this um the, the young kid june bug who you find out later on reminds him of his brother because like i'm watching this um sorry wait i'm jumping i'm jumping jumping i'm jumping the gun here so production design it has this retro look from the color palette and some of the um like especially what's his name um slick jamie fox's character has this old school look but then yet and still it's still they talked about like barack obama and all these definitely now things and i get it like some people can have taste it's more retro but i loved how it almost to me i feel as as though similar to it follows it it you don't know when or how long like where can you place this is this back in the day but then they talk about the barack obama and stuff so then you know it's somewhat contemporary and i think that's kind of the point of the movie and i just thought that was kind of cool maybe i'm wrong or reading into this but i really thought that was the case you know anyway production design was amazing the blues and yellows were were fantastic even to the point of the blues and yellows that the characters wore you know you had some of that green um lighting later on around the hotels it they definitely i'm not sure um 
had a lot of, they were probably pumping the, the hell out of some haze on this film. Um, because everything was densely hazed up. But I'm okay because it set this almost otherworldly quality to it. And that's probably because of more of the retro look. So it had that film grain and everything else. Because, you know, everything else is so digital digital now. So, anyway. Um, production design was amazing. That's all I can say. Um, let's see what else I have here. Oh, man. This cinematography, guys. The cinematography on this thing is amazing. I... I feel like this cam, the camera placement and movements and everything was just perfect for this show. Like even the first time he went and bought the lotto ticket, you know, and he buys the, the cigarillos or whatever. They don't show who the manager is, but you know that that's a character that the show later on happens to be one of the um, Caucasian guys with the Afro. So that camera thing, like you, 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 you're watching it and it's just like, it sucks you into his world. You feel, it feels so organic, I guess is the word I want to kind of use, which might be weird to say, but it feels very organic to me, you know? Um, it, it never feels forced. There was a couple shots, the shot where he was later on in the, um, the downtown dungeon or underground dungeon or whatever. And it was the, they probably had a body cam on him, but initially looking at the shot, you don't think that's what it is. And it's all those kind of moves. They, they had a move when they first found the clones down in the basement where they went from a single to a two to a French over. And it felt so smooth and it felt necessary or it, it's what it's almost like you know what I mean I, I feel as though it's like the words and the 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 feel of the show dictated the camera move if that makes sense which I mean that that's what it does but I mean almost in a ghostly manner like if you think of like the writing and everything else is what caused it anyways whatever I'm I'm, I'm the cinematography was amazing what I also thought was really cool um, for anybody who was noticing in the top right corner of the, um, the screen, excuse me, I'm trying to think, I, like I said, I used to work in movie theaters. So top right corner of the screen, there's moments where a little black dot. And I think, um, the first one I noticed happened at 52 minutes, um, I might need to go watch it again to see if it happened again. But it was like a real flicker. So back in the day, you know, when they used to project movies, even before now, everything's digital. But before then, when it was filmed, like when I worked, it, we just built it. And there was a platter system, a horizontal platter system that rewound it. And it was fantastic. But before then, to my knowledge, one projector, one screening will have two projectors, more than likely. And one of the reels will play through the projector and this little black, it looks almost like a cigarette. If you 
you put a cigarette burn hole. It will show up in the right of the screen to initial to the projectionist to switch to the other projector to start the second or third reel or whatever the case may be. And it showed up in the film. And I had to rewind. I was like, wait, that just missed? did that just happen? And it did. I thought that was cool. I think that was one of those nice little touches. You know what I mean? It just it pulls you into it. The the worst part about um this movie, this film, is that I didn't watch it in a movie theater. I believe the camera work and the production design, the the camera movement, the grain, the haze, even like that, the little real switchover in the movie theater. Like it was much more apparent because I'm clearly watching on my screen, but watching this in a movie in the theater will have a totally different feel and look, you know what I mean? Like, anyway, that's my opinion. So man, the camera moves had that, they, they moved like an emotion, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> I guess it's kind of the thing. Um, now what I was curious about was, and I ended up finding out, so it looks like they used a light lens, um, for this particular, uh, now I don't know if that means that was the only lens they used or was it just one, but anyway, According to my research, when I looked it up, it was a light L-E-I-T-Z, unique and small. And I mean, it is a small lens. What a new way to look light skin color. And that, and see, wow, that is a small lens, y'all. Um, it's a light M.8. That's pretty fast, too. So let's see, my lens is lenses so is a whole set i'm guessing so i don't know which one they're used he used for this one 1.4 yeah anyways man man that is an amazing lens man i'm gonna have to read up on this on this uh on this lens <laughs> this is a thing of beauty a thing of beauty uh sound design of course the music love the music that was in there I honestly, like I said in the first part, I, I thought um, him being a sound mixer or whatever, maybe I raised my expectations for like, oh, what kind of interesting sound, you know, uh, world building are we going to have? But and that's not to say that it was a bad job. I think he just did a good, solid job. And there's a lot of hints. But I think I also think that it's so much information flying from um information in the camera that you would see as they pass something like oh my god like giddy bitty bitty the um the woman of the night with the pink in all pink like it's blinking you miss it kind of situations i'm almost positive once again this is fresh watch okay so i haven't had time to research but i'm almost positive that bitty in the pink is the same girl that was underground with the eyes clawed open looking at the video and who was on the missing poster? I'm tell I'm pretty sure, and I need to go look. But that camera work where they showed Biddy, um, then they showed Yo Yo dropping off the mail. Biddy go talk to her. We should we see from OTS of Biddy. She turns to the camera. We see her face clearly. 
as it pans off, you can, oh yeah, we see her face clearly. This is of course when Yo-Yo disappears. Nice camera work. So there you've, ju you've just completed two, two, you know, with one camera move, you've satisfied two story beats. And then the third story beat happens when they pan the camera and the missing poster is Betty. What? It's, it's stuff like that that's like baked into it. Uh, the, 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 the old man, Frog, man, loved his character. But he was the one like, you know, you would think, oh, he's just a town kook or whatever. But this was like he uh, was basically dropping f breadcrumbs the entire movie about this or that, this or that, this or that. And it makes me w and like I was wondering, you know, he was talking about down at the water, Z Z you know, dropping the hints on Zion. And I was like, man, why does he know so much? And how's he telling all this information? Is he like a conspiracy theorist? Or that's what I thought initially until you get to the end of the film when they released all the clones and then his younger version sat on the bench with him. So I don't know. I'm just going to put this out here. My thought process now is that frog, the older frog and the younger frog, the clone was frog, right? He's the younger version of him. The older one got out or you know broke the the system or whatever because kind of like they told um fontaine yo-yo and um slick go back to your lives don't say anything and i think that's what happened to frog so the whole time he's just been out there like trying to drop pence for people who, i don't know to listen or whatever else and he's just aged at this time so now his mind might be gone a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Especially with drinking all the time. But he might have to drink himself numb to to forget what he found out or some, you know, some shit like that. I don't know. That's my opinion. It's those little, little nods that they gave. That was, yeah, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Um, Frog, yeah. Also like the villain. I'm sorry, I cannot remember his name, but I think he did a great job um, personally from an acting standpoint. Sorry, I've switched over to acting in case you can tell <laughs> um, from an acting standpoint, because what I liked about his character was he did have to play a tough guy, a thug, villain, antagonist to the point that we as an audience member should fear or believe that he is 100 percent um capable of violence at any moment etc cetera, etc cetera. but then yet and still he had a couple of funny moments in there where he didn't chew the scene you know what i'm saying he he did the thing he had to do and just called it that and i really like it so i thought he did a solid solid job i need to look him up and see what his um see what his story is what his name is um Going over to the story and the writing. This is one of those scripts. Um, show, of course, you know, you know, we're flicks and scripts. I think I think that's what, um, man, I, I need to I, I cannot wait till I can read this script. And then after I read it, I'm going to do what I usually do and as rewatch the film, um, Everything you you know with this film, Jill Taylor, man, I can't wait to see what else he does. This film has 
qualities to me. And I'm just saying, I'm just going to say it. Um, like get out type of qualities. Right. And, and what I mean by that is it, it's talking about sci-fi elements. So you have the cloning and the conspiracy theories, you know what I mean? And cover-ups. So it has that, but then you have the comedy bit, um, bits in it too. So you got a little comedy and then it also has a little bit of a mystery because there's trying to solve this thing that happens to have sci-fi elements. Right. But at the same time, with all of that going on and with these, especially Jamie Foxx's character, larger than life kind of character, it had this commentary um, on the social commentary on being black and the black experience. And yeah, I wasn't expecting that. And that's what I mean, where it has get out vibes, where it's like get out, you know, you watch get out and it's, it's a horror film with some comedy, social commentary. And that's why I was like, man, they're in the same, they're running that same race. You know what I mean? And I can't wait to read up. I'm going to definitely do my, my reading on this director uh, and writer and find out where he got this idea from, where he came up from, you know, where it came from. But yeah, I love it. Because it had to come. I mean, even down to all the fried chicken commercials and the the perm. Um, because and not we're not gonna get too social here, <laughs> but you know, from a social standpoint, it's a it's a lot easier. Or if you go to most black neighborhoods, predominantly black neighborhoods, you'll find a lot of liquor stores. You know, and a lot of people play the lottery, you know what I'm saying? So that's not just a black thing, so to speak. But you go, there's a bunch of liquor stores and they're selling fried chicken and these corner bodegas and everything, you know, that, that's a whole nother thing to talk about. But I like how they implanted that subtly into the film to, to the point that even if you're not up on it or have your own theories about social classism or whatever the case may be you don't even have to have any research or any you know skin in the game for that but it's still there for those who do want to dissect and talk about it because i'm pretty i i will be shocked if there aren't a bunch of videos coming out dissecting this like i will be true like truly shocked there's going to be somebody doing some YouTube video vlog um, breakdown of things missed or something like that, because I feel as though this movie definitely had a lot to say, you know, even to the point of, you know, the perming of the hair where uh, African-American women, especially when I was younger, they weren't wearing, you know, natural hair. But now it's more acceptable. And because of the whole stigma, about like all this social commentary that's slightly hidden under it, you know what I mean? Um yeah, I um, I like this movie. I feel as though it said a lot of stuff in an entertaining way, but it didn't shove any socialism things down your throat in an abrasive way, in, in my opinion. Of course, I'm also African-American man. So, you know, um, and I feel almost like uh, was the undercover brother with uh, Eddie Griffin was the comedy caricature of this and not that's not a slight against um either movie but where 
Eddie Griffin chose to do it in a completely ridiculous manner. This one toned it down. And also, because, I mean, it strikes off other conspiracy theories, you know, people, you know, once again, it could be talked about, you know, the socialism thing or economics and class division. But then also there's a whole sect and there's people that's out there that believes that, you know, you go give blood or blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, they can clone you and stuff of that nature. So it touches on a little bit of that fear as well too and that's why i think it's great or and then of course them eating the food the grape drink but the fried chicken whatever like you know we don't know necessarily what we're consuming it's it hits it ticks off a bunch of boxes and a bunch of conspiracies and a bunch of ideas and phobias or whatever the case may be i mean i was sitting up there like bugging out watching it because i'm thinking like whoa he didn't know he was a clone until he knew he was a clone which sounds ridiculous i know to say but how many fontaines existed before this one that's wild to me so i'm watching it and i'm like whoa what happens if you know there's the whole are we in the simulation and it's, a, it's so many things and i feel as though it was reaching into those as well too so so much to the point that i feel that anybody who watched this movie will enjoy it that, that's my personal opinion because it's like oh yeah this is what i was talking about the other day you know they be cloning people man you know tupac's still alive man and blah 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 or then somebody else who had another conversation i feel as though you get bits and pieces of all of that from um the film i honestly didn't um the the one twist that i saw but i was kind of skeptical about was the mother but i was like man they're not showing her for a reason like a particular reason and i thought that was kind of like oh yep She's not even in there. I didn't expect it to be the speaker, you know, the Charlie's Angel speakerphone, but I did see that one. But even even let's the biggest twist, the biggest twist out of this entire movie. And I got to be honest, it made me smile a little bit because I was like, you son of a like. So me and my girlfriend were watching it and, it was, you know, they were calling Fontaine and she looked, she was like. It's, it's the name movie they call clone Tyrone. Like, yeah, I was like, it, maybe his first name is maybe he's Tyrone Fontaine, you know, because some people just call everybody first name Fontaine Tyrone. Well, that one don't sound right. Yeah. Tyrone Fontaine. That could be a name. So basically, that's what I thought. But no, I was wrong. It was actually the Tyrone at the very end of the film, <laughs> which I think is a bit cheeky. Of them like oh this is actually Tyrone but then once again here's the thing where it still opens up okay so is this the original person and then they just duplicated them and gave them different names and different memories so does Tyrone have that same memory of his brother and then that spread out so then does that mean that old Fontaine actually had that memory because he wasn't really the original Tyrone was the original and maybe has a different name or is he like a different version? This is what I mean by I loved this movie. Cause I feel as though you can just talk about it. You can break it apart 
anything and just go one way or the other. And the little hints like it was winning the race. I'm sorry. I'm going back to the camera work and the little nuggets. It was when it first went underground and it said something unity, winning the race or whatever. So you talk about there you go, race and phasing out black people. What? Man, I didn't expect Old Fontaine to show up. There's a lot of things I did not expect about this film, and I feel as though it was very, very refreshing in that sense. I am, man, I still have had time to process this. Like, these are initial thoughts. Like, I'm talking about fresh guys. I didn't have time to think about anything. I chicken scratch wrote stuff, notes for me to uh, sit here and talk about that I'm going back and forth on. And that's my, that is my take. That's my fresh take on it. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. You should definitely watch it. It's a movie that's worth multiple watches. Definitely. Definitely. I'm sure there are things that I miss that I'm going to find when I watch it again. Like I said, I'm going to find, I'm going to try to find the script, read it, and then I'm going to go back and watch this. I, I mean, if, the, if people aren't talking about, and you know, the sad part is, the the honest sad part, and this is a sign of the times or what have you, um, is that, I'm sure on YouTube, like I said, there'll be people breaking it down or what have you. But this movie came out July, I think. And the actor strike of 2023 occurred in June, I believe. Um, I said of 2023, like I'm talking in the future. <laughs> Even though I'm in it right now, but you know what I'm saying. You're not listening. You may, you may not. I don't know when you're listening to this, but so yeah, that's when the writers and the actors who are currently on strike right now, uh, which is a sad situation because these creatives create films like they cloned Tyrone, and they give you two hours of great writing that's then translated by you know the dp and the director now this happened to be the writer and director of the same people but still this is one of those things where writers are important man writers are important and it's funny i was looking at netflix the screen crawl right now it's, a, it's official another season's coming squid game okay well i also, also don't know who wrote squid game anyway um but yeah that just goes to show writers are important I feel like this was a well-written script and I'm literally trying to think about plot holes right now. Um, and I don't have one off the top of my head. Well-written, well-acted. I love John Boyega and anything he does. Anything he does uh, is just fantastic. Almost in this natural, it's, it's, it's like he's not even trying. It just oozes so easily out of him. But yeah, and the unfortunate thing with the writers and the actor strikes, there aren't 
able to talk about this project because of the strike. They can't promo, they can't do promotions for it or talk about it, which sucks because, man, they did a hell of a job on this. Now, don't get me wrong. I completely understand why the writers and actors have chosen to go on strike. And as a working actor and as a um, sometimes writer, I would never put myself on their, their, uh, their shoes, but I've written stuff and produced it or what have you. I definitely think they should get what's due to them. 100% support it. But unfortunately, now I still think Netflix and, you know, their whole machine, it's still, it'll still get seen. But I think a lot of attention that it could have gotten is going to be derailed um, because of that. And man, they should have did a theatrical release. I would have loved to have seen this in the movie theater, <laughs> in the movie theater. Loved to have. Uh, I think it would have changed the whole dynamic. Anymore. I feel as though that would have immersed you even more into this world. And with the look, the production design, the sound design, the score, it would have just easily just plopped you there and surrounded you. Anyway, now, now I'm like doing a love letter to the film. Anyway, fantastic movie, man. This movie surprised me, right? I was not expecting this at all. This movie is on the level of surprise movies like The Harder They Fall. And if you've not seen The Harder They Fall, go watch it. It's such a great movie. You know what's, sorry, I got to wrap this up real quick. But you know what's, the interesting thing about The Harder They Fall and this and the kind of commonalities that they have, different genres, different feels, etc. But the, um, I'm forgetting his name, uh, the director for The Harder They Fall, I think typically did music. Or something along those lines. He was a oh, is he a musician or did he do? Because that's how he ended up um, knowing Jay Z, Sean Carter. Uh, so yeah, I think he used to play music or something like that. The director, uh, but anyway, he had a lot of uh, music, and he think he was a yep, yep, singer, songwriter, music producer. Right. So and if you haven't watched I mean the music is great in Hard Day Fall. But it also was amazing. Like I my new thing, I'm going to start looking at all you sound people, man, um, and watch what movies y'all put together because whoa. I mean right now two for two for like people who typically do music. And start and and then knock it out of the park with some great directing thing. Anyway, I'm wrapping it up. I gotta watch this movie again. Go watch it again. Watch it. I don't know. I should. We'll see how this evolves. Should I give it like a star rating? Do I have a? Um, I don't know. I should come up with something, shouldn't I? Like, out of should I do out of five or out of ten? Or just, just just do it out of three. That's always thing. Like the middle one, like ten. Then I mean ten. Everybody gets that. But like what that means. But if you put it on like a five, then that means like a three is like average. 
but then I feel as though it's, you know what I mean? Anyway, so let's do it on a scale of 10. I will give, <laughs> I just made that up, boom. From now on, ratings on a scale of 10, unless I change that. But without a doubt, I think right now, first watch, because I understand I might have some of the flutter, you know, the, the <gasps> I might be riding high on it, on the film. So right now, out the gate, right now, I'd say a solid, Oh man. Now the thing is, do I just do even numbers or can I go on the decimal system? That's what I need to know now. You know what I'm saying? But I give this one a solid nine. I'm not going to say it's perfect um, because perfection comes hard and I will have to watch it again. But a nine. Yeah. Definitely. Nine out of ten. Go watch it, guys. Watch it again. Oh my gosh. Tell your friends. Thank you for listening in. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, hopefully I wasn't rambling too much for this last one. Like I said, this movie is just it's almost it almost made me not speechless literally, but like you know how you can't it's hard to put into words sometimes when something when you're caught off guard, you know what I mean? Anyway. Thank you, guys. My name is Jay Starks. Uh, follow me on all the social medias. J-A-Y-E-S-T-A-R-K-E-S. Um, go to jstarks.com. You can find all of my films that I've done. Follow me on the Twitter, the, the Gram, and the book. The book. I'm on all of those. And Jay Starks across the board. Thank you guys for watching. Make sure you guys, you know what? Make sure you guys, I hope after watching this film and if you listen to this, I hope you feel inspired. I do. Go out and create some shit. Yeah. I'm in the middle of trying to write a second feature right now. No, my first one has not been produced yet, but it will be. But I'm going to make a one or two-hander feature. And I already started doing it. And then I already started hitting that, like, that slow, muddy crawl. But watching this has excited me again. I'm feeling creative. Tomorrow, Jay's going to be doing some writing. Go out and create, guys. Art is love. Art is life. All right. Love you.